On this edition of Magic Pod Squad, presented by Kia, we catch up with former Magic point guard Jameer Nelson, the all-time assist leader in Orlando Magic history. He is currently living just outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His son is playing college basketball these days. He's going to reminisce on his time in Orlando playing for the Magic and his terrific group of teammates, guys like Rashard Lewis, Hito Turkoglu, Dwight Howard. That finals run in 2009, obviously a very special memory for Jameer and the members of that Magic team. We're going to get his thoughts on current Magic point guard Markel Fultz, and you're going to get Jameer's all-time Orlando Magic starting five. You don't want to miss that. Lots to get to on this edition of Magic Pod Squad presented by Kia with Jameer Nelson. This is Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, and Jameer Nelson, our old friend, kind enough to give us a few minutes. And, well, Jameer, it's good to catch up with you. Just uh, let us, what the heck have you been up to the last couple of weeks? This thing is so yeah. surreal right now, isn't it? Yeah, you know, underlying circumstances, just enjoying enjoy my family, man. I mean, as much yeah. as I can, uh, you know, we're, we're blessed to have somewhat some land at our house so we get to go outside and stay on our property and uh, – uh, play different games. We play a game called cross net. We have a basketball court. So we do stuff out there on the court. We do a little batting cage. So we stay active, man, and, you know, try to keep the kids off the electronics as much as possible. But it's, it's almost like uh, you have to give them something because, um, you know, we, we make them read, we make them do math and all that stuff. But they're back in school now. It's actually good online. So um, they kind of have somewhat of a routine going now. But when, when, when they were on spring break, it was tough. Um, because we were trying to do spring break stuff, let them relax and let them enjoy stuff. But um, it's tough. It's tough, you know, but luckily to have family and friends, um, you know, we're all going through this together and just kind of uh, bouncing ideas off each other and and, uh, holding each other accountable um, to stay safe. So I've seen, I, I've been on your Twitter a little bit lately and I've seen some videos like, so that's from the, is that from the palatial Nelson estate out there? Is that, is that where I'm from? I see yeah, that. I see got, the, we, got a little, we got a little bit of land. I see that. I saw the center court logo. I was like, oh, Jameer's got it going on over there with, with the full court. Uh, so, man, you know, basketball has done me, done me right, man. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. That's why we can't get them to come visit. Who's going to leave that place? I know. I, I'm going to come spend the week there. So have you oh, made no. up? Have you made up any games? Have you and the family made up any games to pass? You, the you know, you know what's funny? We were playing tennis with um, our hands and <laughs> with a volleyball. I was. It was me versus my two oldest daughters, and it was more so me trying to trick them into moving more laterally yeah, instead sure. of me saying, "You know, you guys are athletes. Let's get the ladder out or let's do some drills." I was just trying to get them to move laterally. Uh, then I hurt my hip. I didn't want to tell him that, but uh, so we had to stop. Why am I not surprised that you hurt your I, hip? I mean, <laughs> 38 years old. I haven't played basketball in two and a half years probably. Of course I'm going to hurt my hip. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. So what, <laughs> at what else? Have, at, least I, at least I have a hip to hurt. That's true. That's true. That is true. That's, that's true. That's yeah. true. Now what, so what else have you been doing, you and your family doing during this time? Because normally, I mean, you guys would be going pretty nonstop, right? The girls are playing softball. Yep. 
and uh, and you got your son at, at GW, which we'll get to in a minute. But like, you guys would be going all over the place at this yeah. point, right? I mean, literally, like, we the schedule for my daughter's softball, travel softball teams, my, my oldest one, she's 14, and my other one, my, my youngest, she, she'll be, well, my middle one, she'll be 12 uh, in a couple of days. Um, I mean, it's, it's nonstop every weekend. Uh, my oldest, she goes to Colorado, California, Virginia. Like, uh, my, my younger one, last year, she was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Oklahoma. Uh, so we're all over the place. It just slows you down a little bit. Well, actually, a lot, which is kind of good for us. We get to enjoy each other a little more. Um, like I said, nobody wants to be in, in these circumstances, but you have to make the best out of it. And um, what we're doing, we're cooking together, you know, trying to teach the kids little little recipes and stuff like that. Um, focusing on them with their time management and stuff like that. So, so you you can take positive out of this. Um, and, and try to make things better, uh, but it, it sucks. I'm not gonna lie, it sucks. Yeah. Nobody's used to staying in the house as much as we are all staying in the house. But um, you, 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 if you don't find a positive, and you'll, you'll drive yourself crazy. I had to go down to Lowe's and lay a bunch of sod, Jameer. What's the worst thing you've had to do since you've been in the <laughs> oh, house? Man, let me see. Oh man, like the first. Maybe second day we we cleaned and organized a shed and put these racks up. Why we put racks up in a shed? I don't know. Something my wife wanted to do, so I had nothing but time. So we did it. Uh, now I have to redo the mailbox because somebody knocked it down. I don't, if people are you're supposed to be standing, how do you knock my mailbox down? Right. How does that happen? I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> so somebody knocked my mailbox down and got um, got to redo that. And I've been putting off doing my garage, so it, I got time to do everything I need to do. It's just me. I need to stop procrastinating, especially with the kids being back in school and they're, they're on a the schedule. I need to get things done and um, probably try to get myself a little smarter, read a couple more books or something. <laughs> nah, we got time for that. Do you, walk the, do you walk to the mailbox or do you take like an ATV or something? <laughs> <laughs> I walk, I walk, I walk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is time to get bought. You're right. This is great with the family time. I will say that. That is, you know, we, we wish we could be out doing stuff. But I, I find myself, you know, going through school again. That, it's hard. Like getting kids to sit and focus. I have so much appreciation for our teachers in this country. Yep. I did anyway. But to keep an entire classroom of, of kids focused, and that's what the whole country is doing now. Try to get their kids to look at a computer or screen and, and do their schoolwork. It's tough, but it's, man, they have so much appreciation, not only for the people on the front lines that are fighting this thing, doctors and everybody, but these teachers who are, who are on the front lines every day with our kids. Yeah, it's, it's things like that, doctors and, uh, you yeah. know, gas station attendants and uh, pharmacists and uh, teachers, you take for granted. Um, when you're in regular life, but when you're in a situation like this, the pandemic, those are the real heroes. Those are the people yeah. who deserve all the credit uh, because, I mean, believe it or not, they're the ones who are, they're allowing the world to continue to, to go on. Uh, it wasn't for those people who are on the front line and those people who are uh, going to work every day and, and uh, giving everybody what they need in the grocery stores and stuff like that. Um, who knows? Like this thing could be even worse. I mean, yeah. you know, luckily I was able to get to the liquor store before it shut down. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all made that our first priority I mean, before the I mean, we we right? It's like, should I go get some chicken or some Hennessy? <laughs> Let me go get this Hennessy first. <laughs> Hennessy gonna Kids run off be, before the chicken. <laughs> priorities, priorities. Yeah, man. Kids will be fine with cereal. <laughs> yeah, man. 
<laughs> I was fine with no. Syria. We could be fine too. <laughs> no, it's like you said. Like you said, it, it's it's uh, amazing to see how or how disciplined the teachers could have kids. Yeah. Um, you know, 10, 15, 20 kids at one time and in one class and, you know, working towards the same. Of course, it's almost like a team. It's almost like a coach. You respect that coach. And I'm sure if I tell my kids the same thing that teacher tells the kids, they won't listen to me. Absolutely. Just like a coach. Yeah. No doubt. You're right. No doubt about that. This podcast is presented to you by the all new Seltos SUV from Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. Give it everything. All right, Jameer, let, let's reminisce a little bit because it seems like lately on social media, you've also been reminiscing a little bit uh, with Obi Topping winning both the Naismith and the and the Wooden Award uh, this year. And then you were the last player to do that. And then you reminded everybody about that by putting some pictures up of the trophies from your house. Talk about, go back to that, that time when you were at St. Joe's, that amazing run you guys went on uh, where you just, you guys captured the country, really, the hearts of everybody yeah. during that run. Well, it, it's funny. I, I wasn't able to enjoy it until maybe like my 10th year in the NBA. Uh, when, when you're going through the moment, you don't realize um, how, how much fun you were having or, or having or how much history you're making or, or what impact you're having on the world. I mean, I've, I've had so many people or, or so many kids over the last, I don't know, five years come tell me they went to St. Joe's because of that run. Um, like that's life changing for or a university and for a student, you know, to be a part of something like that. So uh, for myself, I, I just look at it as now. It's like, this is cool. And, you know, um, take your hat, you tip your head off to coach Anthony Grant and, and Obi Toppin and, and Dayton who, who were on, they were on a similar run. It wasn't undefeated, but being um, a mid-major school, number three in the country, having the, the player, player of the year and the coach of the year, it says a lot. Uh, about their style of play um, and their togetherness. To, to be able to have a superstar like Obi Toppin, the rest of your team have to be on board and allow him to be that superstar. And um, Coach Grant, he instilled that in that team at some point, and, and it was good to see. I mean, I was doing college basketball this year, so I got a, I got a chance to do a lot of their games, and uh, I was impressed. I was impressed how they all moved together. It was it – was, uh, one, you knew Obi Toppin was going to get his 25, 20 points, but everybody else just played their part and played their role. And, and as far as me putting up my trophies, I just, you know, I just had to let people know that I did it, you know, because everybody likes attention. I don't care if we all, like, guys, oh, I don't like attention. I love attention like everybody else. <laughs> so I just want everybody to know that I got the same trophies in my trophy case. And my trophy case is probably bigger than his. So That is probably true. <laughs> true. Yes, it is. Now, we've had, a, we've had a lot of time now with no sports at now. Have you, have you gone back into the archives and, like, maybe, hey, this is a good time to, hey, kids, gather around, watch, watch Dad do his thing? No, I'm, I'm not that cocky. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, the funny thing, what I've been doing is I've been watching a lot of baseball, a lot of um, older baseball games on the MLB network, uh, some older basketball games, um, reminiscing that way. Um, it's funny, like I was just watching the Red Sox and, and the Yankees. You know, that's that's a heck of a rival back in early 2000s. Uh, but now it's like it's not a rival anymore to me. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's not the same. Um is, is 2003, 2004, Manny Ramirez and all those guys playing. It, it's just it's just not. But, um, 
Yeah, I don't think I'll watch any. I, I watched one of my high school games by myself. It's funny. I sat, I sat in my, um, sat in my theater. I cut the theater off and I watched. I don't know why I did this. I watched the basketball game, my, my high school game, on my phone. <laughs> why? I, got, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just some some stuff you just can't like. I don't know. I don't know why I did it. But uh, I ended up watching the game and I I found myself critiquing myself like I critique my son. And I'm like, why did you do this? Why did I do that? What, whatever. And I'm like, well, I can't tell me not to do it because I already did it. <laughs> it's too late. So, but no, I, I don't want to gather the family around. I mean, they, they, they've they seen me play enough. Oh like that 86, the 86 Mets stuff was on the other day, Dante. I almost called you to watch that if you wanted to, you know, share that with me. I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm a, my big poppy right there. I see I'm that. I see that. I'm not interested. I got some big that. poppy cleats at home. Yeah, nice, right? Did, yeah. So then let me ask you this. You're a baseball I, – I, I don't know how much you follow baseball, but the Houston Astros thing and maybe even the Boston Red Sox thing, how much does that bother you as a professional athlete? If, if you knew that, that, that an entire team possibly cheated its way to a championship. Well, I'm going to say this. Every, every athlete tries to find an advantage, mm-hmm. but you have to do that within the guidelines and within the rules. Right. And when you break the rules the way they did as a team, as an organization, um, it's sad. It's sad because you got guys who livelihoods depending on that series. You got guys who were supposed to get certain amount of money if they yep. would have won in terms of incentives. You got guys who would have got better contracts the next year or could have been on uh, certain teams and coaches involved as well. I mean, it's just so many different um, levels of wrong there. I mean, I'm, I'm all for, you know, working out harder and doing getting extra work in to, to better yourself or, um, you know, watching extra film and stuff like that. But when, you, when you're signal, signaling uh, or beating on a drum or doing anything else yeah. that's tipping off pitches, yeah, you still have to hit that ball. But Major League, Major League Baseball – you, you you're not you're not sitting on curveball with a guy throwing 105 miles per hour fastball. You're not sit, right. like that's almost impossible. Right. You're like as a batter, as a batter, you're thinking fastball. You have to because if not, you're gonna be late. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I know you're watching. Uh, we're all trying to do what we can and, and watch as much as much as many sports as we can. But you mentioned your highlights and how, how tough is it or how much fun is it watching your son at George Washington? And how tough is it to to peel back the criticism if there's things that you see that you know you can help him with? You want to be a dad first, but you know you can help him along the way. And congrats, and, by the way. That's got to be awesome. You. you must be awfully proud of him. And how tough yeah, is yeah. it that I still think they still think Mir Jr. is like five? <laughs> everybody, right. When everybody's so, like, somebody see like a highlight or watch a game, of like, is that your son? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm 38 now and he's 18. You know what I'm saying? Nah, so, it shouldn't be like that. You should still be 26. <laughs> yeah. Like four. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's cool, though, man. I, I, I try to stay off of him as much as possible in terms of the criticism. Um, he calls me after every game, and he'll ask most times, what do I think? Or uh, we'll talk about certain situations. Um, and, and I just I try to let him be himself because that's the only way he's going to learn. I can't script it out for him. Um, he has to go through every situation himself and um, – the, the biggest thing you have to do is you have to get uh, those reps. And, you know, he, a, lot, a lot of people don't realize he was a baseball player 
up until his he stopped in his junior year of high school, and then he picked up the basketball full time, um, and became a collegiate basketball player, which is kind of crazy to me. But so his, his best basketball is in front of him. Um, but but I, I do I, I do have to restrain myself at times because I, I feel like I know so much about the game. Yeah. Um, but he has to learn that himself. I, I can't, like I said, I can't, and I can't go against what his, what his coaches and his coaching staff wants. Um, I'm not in that locker room. I'm not in the film sessions. Um, it's not like with Stan. And, ah, nah, all that crazy <laughs> stuff Stan can do. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's done a great job of making his own name, even though we have the same name. And, and that was always our focus and our biggest, one of our biggest fears that we have the same name. Uh, not saying my footsteps are big, but to follow in the footsteps of your father who played professional sport in a professional sport with the same exact name is going to be tough. I mean, he's had he, he had referees in high school say, telling stuff like you're not your dad and all this crazy stuff. So, wow. yeah, it sucks. You know, you tell a kid that. Uh, luckily, I still was playing. My wife was there and got the phone yeah. call because I probably would have been locked up. <laughs> <laughs> so describe for those that haven't seen your son play describe describe his game and and how I know you and I had talked very early on when he just started the season and you said like his game's not like mine he's way more athletic than I am yeah. or I ever was yeah it, it's people like oh yeah he, he looks just like you on the court well he really like he, he doesn't he, he's more of a slasher he's he's lanky he's I mean if I had to guess his vertical, I would say somewhere in the mid to mid to high thirties. So he's trying to dunk everything where I was just trying to finish the ball, be creative. Um, he's playing off the once, ball. Right. I dunked once. It, it was fingertips. It was fingertips. <laughs> you dunked it. You got it. I, I got it. I got it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's more of an athlete. I mean, and, and that's his game right now. Um, he has to continue to develop his jump shot and other things and other areas of his game, which will happen. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him grow. And, and the, the funny thing is he's gotten so much better every year. Um, so I don't, I don't know where his ceiling is. I, I just know he hasn't reached it yet. It's very cool. Very cool. No, that's certainly impressive. When you think back, Jameer, we, we get this question a lot, but you know, favorite magic moment, might be hard to do. We got some fans that ask some questions they'd love to get an answer from, but yeah. I don't know if you can narrow it down to a, a favorite moment or not. But that run, I mean, that that was for us and for me, my time here, that was as fun as it got. You guys going all the way to an NBA Finals and Eastern Conference Finals the next year. But what what do you think back on with your time here? Well, I think we went to the playoffs what seven years in a row. Yeah, and two right. years before Stan and five years with Stan. Yeah. Um, that right there, if I had to sum it all up, that right there, um, those were the best. They, they were the best moments. I, I hadn't, I didn't make it back to a playoff after that. After I left oh, Orlando, right. yep. so for me, it's like I remember one of my teammates. This, this was probably one of the biggest things that I remember or the most. Thing, one of the things I remember the most is uh, Keon Doolin said, "Cherish these moments. You don't know if you're going to be on a good team again." And you're like, whatever. You know, we went to the playoffs some X amount of times. Unbelievable coach, unbelievable organization, owner, GM. Everything was just rolling. And next thing you know, boom, I go to another team. I go to another team, another team, another team. <laughs> I just keep going to different teams, and I never make the playoffs again. Um, 
so you don't you don't realize that that can actually happen to you and it happens fast. Um, so if I had to sum it up, I would say it was my seven years run of making it to the playoffs. Jameer, what now? What people don't remember, even though you've been with you were with us at the very beginning of your career, but you were traded on draft night from Denver to Orlando. Right. What were your initial thoughts? We had a we had a question from a fan. What were your thoughts on draft day that day when you got traded? Well, I, I one I couldn't believe I, I didn't believe that um, Denver drafted me because they sent me a psychological test and I never sent it back. <laughs> so, really? so once. I swear, so, so my agent my agent was like, well, we know Denver's not going to take you this and that test back. I was like, oh, I'm going to slip a little more in the draft. And then it to me, that was – I was, like, surprised to hear my name. You know what I'm saying? People were like, oh, were you, like, like happy or, you know, like, just like, oh, finally. I was, like, really surprised that I didn't think I would get drafted to them. Um, but then once I got knew I got traded, I – I knew I had an opportunity to be in an organization. One, great weather. Yeah. Two, I, I knew I knew somewhat about the DeVos and the DeVos family and, and what they were about. Um, but three, it was an organization that traded for me. So to me, that meant that they wanted me and, and not said, not necessarily saying we're just going to take this guy um, just because he's there. I, I was told that if I would have went – if they could have made the trade at six, they would they would have got me at six. If they would have got me at five, they would have got me at five. But, you know, fortunately for myself and the organization, I slipped down uh, a little further because it, it cost them less money. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get this one, Jameer. You're, you're up there, and for fans that don't know, you're in the Philly area. Um, yeah. And you, you've gotten to see Markel Fultz yeah. close by in Philadelphia the last couple of years. And just first as a former point guard, just how happy are you for him being healthy and having the year that he was having? And, and two, just as an NBA fan, just kind of give us some sort of a sense, maybe what he went through up there and, and how great this is just to see him back playing again. Well, I, you know, personally, I mean, I, I know him a little bit. I, I um, played pickup with him a few times, spoke to him over the phone, actually had a nice conversation with his mom, All-Star Weekend. Um, I'm happy for the kid. I mean, you know, Philly Philly fans and Philly media can be really tough on um, athletes, especially you, your number one pick. They yeah. expect you to come and be this superstar. Well, not every one, number one pick is going to be a superstar. Um, you know, the, the one thing about him is you can see how strong he is mentally to overcome the things that he had overcome here in Philly and to be the player he is now. And, it, and it, he's still young. I mean, I'm – if I had to guess, I don't know how old he is. I bet he's not 21. Uh, I think he just, I think turned, he just turned 21. Just yeah, turned 21. With, yeah, yeah, he just turned 21. Right. So he's 21 years old. You have to be – like, people expect you to be a finished product nowadays at 20, 21 years old. Right. It's not going to register or it's not going to be that for everybody. Everybody's not going to be a LeBron. Everybody's not going to be a Kobe. Um or KD, like any old special guys who, who came into the league right away and, and put their foot and put their stamp in an organization. Um, and, and you can see he, he's, he's developing well there. And there's people there that believe in him, obviously. I'm not saying people in Philly did it, but some people need to be loved a little different. Some people need to be taught a little different. And sometimes you just need to get away from a certain uh, environment to succeed. And, and, um, 
you know, he, he's, he's in a great spot. I've I spoken to him. I've spoken to Cliff about him. Um, I mean, other people in the organization, I'm, I'm just happy for him that he's found a home um, or a place that he can call home. This podcast is presented to you by the all-new Seltos SUV from Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. Give it everything. All right, Jameer, if you look at the Magic record book, you're the all-time leader in assists. You're second in games. You're up there top five in points, top five in a lot of things. Can you see the Magic Hall of Fame call coming your way here, maybe next year, maybe the year after that? Like, how, That would be something. You could put that in your trophy case right next to the one. The things that I've accomplished so far or that I've accomplished there in Orlando – um, I would have never dreamt about, you know, being in the organization um, and, and one, setting, you know, records. Uh, I've never thought I can be an assist record leader in the organization because, first and foremost, I was a scorer coming out of college. So I had to change my whole game up when I got to the NBA. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, hopefully it gets done. And, and I definitely want to I I retire in Orlando Magic. Or like some people say, the magics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, the magics. I, I would like to retire a magic and, and um, you know, one day come down and, and I've spoken to, uh, you know, some people to come down and maybe work in the organization and, and continue to grow and be a part of uh, the magic family. Well, we'd love to have leave, you. You got to leave that palatial estate up there. <laughs> no way. Yeah, man. My, my, my entire family wants to leave. Uh, <laughs> I've been holding us back, you know, for the last couple of years. So they, they want to come back down to Florida. They want to come back to Orlando. All right. Well, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have yeah. you. Make it work. What about? Yeah. Uh, are you enjoying the TV thing? Do you enjoy being an analyst and doing TV work? I do, especially college, because it's. it's I think it's a little more challenging because I, I didn't I didn't know that the NBA in, in college basketball is totally different. It's totally different style. The pace is different. Um, really good officiating in college. Really good. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a good officiating anywhere in the world. Wow. But um, <laughs> but yeah, learning learning the guys, learning learning different coaches. Like it, it was a challenge for me especially in the beginning but once i once i figured out how to research once i figured out how to watch the games and uh break things down um i really started to enjoy myself um and i, I think tv is something that i want to continue to pursue um especially if the opportunity presents itself well, you'd be good at it you got the knowledge you got the charisma would love to love to see it happen look forward to mm-hmm. Following that progress. We can just bump Dante right off the air if you want. (laughs) Get him right off that broadcast. That's right. You can stick your head in those Steve Clifford huddles in my place. (laughs) See what those are like. Well, real Uh, quick, before we let you go. He would hate me in the huddles. He would hate (laughs) me. Yeah. We got some some quick hitters for you. These are just quick quick answer questions for you, Jameer, but uh, just from some fans that we'll post out on social media, but do you have your all-time magic starting five? If you had to name an all-time magic starting five, who'd you have on there? Shaq, Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, Tracy McGrady. Mm -hmm. I'm putting Grant Hill at the point. Wow. Grant Hill at the point. Grant Hill can play the point. That's true. That's, that's true. Heck, that's a heck T-Mac of a team. T-Mac at the two. That's a heck of a team right there. 
No, I will put I will put T Mac at the three, Penny at Penny and Grant Hill. They can they can they, they're both versatile. The way the basketball is now, it's positionless, so they can <laughs> both is. play the one two. I like that. You got that height. I like it. Yep. What about uh, favorite city to play in away game? So when you were a member of the Magic, what was your favorite city to play in? Miami. Miami. <laughs> I don't know if it was my favorite city to play in, but it was my favorite city to go to. <laughs> I used to – I know when uh, – quick story, we had a trip from uh, – I think Jack Bone was the coach. We were in Miami for like three days. I felt like I was on vacation. I was like – I brought shorts with me for the first time in a Miami trip. Uh, went to Wet Willies. <laughs> Hung out on the beach. Uh, we probably lost that game by 30, didn't we? <laughs> no, we actually won. We actually Did we win? That game. Yeah, we had nothing to lose that year. There we go. For several years after that. My favorite, my favorite that. arena to play in was, uh, is Chicago. I, I love playing um, United Center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's something special about that. Do you have a yeah. favorite, favorite NBA player beside yourself, of course, but favorite NBA player? Um, current or, like, you can be older or whatever. Both. Could both. Be an, current and or current. both. Yeah, current and um, – Currently, I mean, I, I I love I love watching LeBron his, his basketball IQ. I think um, the one thing people we do as people and, and fans is we get bored with success and we get bored with greatness. And and you know he's been great for 17 years in the NBA and it's going to continue um, as long as he's playing. I mean, he, I think he he can play till he's you know 45. He can be he can be the uh, next Brady. I see the jersey back there. Yeah. Yep, um, but no, I, I think I think he to me is somebody that you can take you can you can you can break his game down and he has something from all the best players. Uh Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I mean, I mean he give him credit. He he comes back trying to do something better every year. You're He's right. not my favorite player of all time, but that's what sure. I like. Who's your favorite player of all time then? Charles Barkley. Okay. Oh yeah, Philly guy, sure. Yeah. All right. My favorite Jameer story, you had so many great lines and so many great stories in Orlando, <laughs> but George, George, he was a member of the Nuggets, and he went off that night, maybe 24, 26, walked off the court, looked at me and said, I'm still the best point guard you guys have. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You didn't mind letting people know, Jameer. You didn't mind telling no, people. No, I, I, you know what, man? I, and I'm, it's the first time I'm gonna say this publicly. I, I felt like I should have still had the opportunity, or I should have had the opportunity to stay there for my yeah. entire career. Uh, I felt like um, I did enough, and, and the organization did enough um, to have that. We could have been joint at the hip, um, but business got involved, and. Um, you know, certain people in the front office, I'm not going to say any names, um, didn't want me around um, because I, whatever reason, I mean, I have my own, I have my own reasons why, why I think they didn't want me around. But, um, and, and I just, I just think it was, it was something that um, could have worked out if, if um, those people wanted it to work out. Well, you were so good with the younger guys, Jameer, for, for a team that was making that transition and going through a rebuild or whatever you want to call it. Man, the way, the way, you're, the way you are with your finances, the way you think the game, the way you, your relationships, it's, that's such an asset, especially to young players. I, you, we saw it firsthand as, as you kind of dealt with all those younger players coming in, but that, that was something that was always very important to you. Yeah, I, I, I was fortunate to have 
veterans like Grant Hill and Stacey Augman, yeah. um, who, who took me under their wing and, and kind of taught me the ropes, and Pat Garrity, those guys, yeah. um, you, you look at who, who are considered pros, pros, and you're like, well, I need to be like that guy to, to last in the NBA. And I just try to give it back to the younger guys the way I got it um, as a young guy. Do you think that's missing a little bit now in, in today's NBA? Absolutely. I mean, you look, you look at certain – you look at a lot of teams, they don't have veterans anymore. They don't have real veterans where um, – it's just it's weird. I mean, I, I know when I was on a team, I – I tried to get guys, the young guys, to get water, and the GM got mad and said I was I was showing too much tough love. Um, so wow. I'm like, well, what am I? This is how I was raised. You know, you you have right. chores in the house when you're raised in your in your parents' house. You you have to pay your dues when you're playing sports, and that was the way I knew um, how to get guys to pay their dues. Certain small things. I never like was into the hazing or anything like that. But um, once I was told, I was I was. Uh, being too tough on guys, that's when I knew the NBA had changed a lot. And they were trying, uh, whether it was direct or indirectly, to, to, to sweep the veterans away, the real veterans away, um, and say we were older, we were too old, uh, or we couldn't play anymore. It's, you know, it is what it is. And it, like I said, it's part of business. Um, those guys are smarter than me, obviously. And um, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, uh, how much is how much has this changed the game Jameer like you came in in 2004 you might have you know phones were there you had that ability but guys were talking on bus rides guys were talking in locker room right you could share a lot of that wisdom there I, I sit on these buses sometimes it's, it's kind of eerily quiet and I know I don't know if that's just the way it's gone or if that's how it would have been in 04 if everybody had phones I, I don't know how much you think phones have kind of changed things I'm I'm glad I grew up or or started playing in the NBA in that era because it, it taught me how to communicate. I wasn't a guy like we we always had uh, sponsors sponsors on the back of the plane. I was always one of the guys that went back there and chatted with them. And a lot of these young guys they don't know how to have have conversations other than on the phone, whether it's through text or Snapchat or something like that. They can they can do it all day on a gadget, but when you get them in front of a, a corporate business, they struggle a little bit because they don't have the life skills and they haven't practiced it. And it's, it's not necessarily their fault. Uh, it's the way the world is. Um, I used to always try to tell guys like Mo and, and you know, Kyle O'Quinn and Victor Oladipo, all those guys, like, go talk to those people back there because they're the ones who are really getting you this money and writing these checks yeah. for you. Right. For the most part, so you need to you need to be important to them. They need to be important to you, and you need to know how to talk to them. Um, but I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I fall in the category of everybody else. I'm on my phone too much, just like everybody else, just because we have them, they're accessible. But uh, for my kids, my kids get two hours a day. They get two hours a day of everything, and uh, after that, their entire phone shuts off, shuts down. My wife, she did something. I, I'm waiting for it to do it to, to me, but <laughs> I've been waiting for that day for it to say, you got two hours a day. Um, but it's whether they, if they want to listen to music, if they want to, whatever they want to do. And at nine o'clock when they go to bed, their phones go in my room. So they have no access to it. Excellent. That's awesome, man. Well, well, we don't doubt you're doing things the right way. Keep up the good work. It's been great to catch up with you, Jabir. And, uh, 
and we look forward to keeping in touch here, all right? Appreciate it, man. Get that family down here. Get out. Get off that basketball court and come back to Florida. Oh, man. Oh, man. Put some calls <laughs> in for me, man. Make a couple calls. All right, we're going to get it done. I don't right. want George to make a call for you, but we'll get some people to <laughs> – we're getting down to call. A lot of sunshine. It's nice. You need, and some bass, you need some bass in your voice to make some calls. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All, All right, man. Right, Always All good right, to see you, man. Take care. All right, Thanks, man. Orlando Magic Pod Squad, presented by Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic.